What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got the first episode of a multi-part series that I'm going to do with Tyler Jensen, and we might bring in a couple other people to talk about flipping houses. So helping you guys, if you're beginners, you're looking for your first house to flip or your next house to flip, even if you are experienced, you've already built a sizable business, there's going to be some great tips in here for you to not forget about, especially we tend to forget about when we just got started. So me and Tyler went to the vault. We went back in time to when we were just getting started. What are some of the things that we did and some tips and tricks that we can give you about finding your first house, about um, estimating repair costs, estimating ARVs, offer price, raising money, all kinds of stuff like that. So today we're going to dive in. These are going to be short episodes. We're going to dive into how to find that first house for you to flip or the next house to flip. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? I am here with Tyler Jensen. We are going to do a multi-podcast series for some of the newer investors, beginners. And even if you're advanced and you've been flipping houses or wholesaling houses for years, there's going to be something in here for you. I promise you that. But these are going to be short episodes where we talk about um, maybe finding your first deal, uh, calculating repair costs, some of this stuff that flippers need to hear right now. So today we're going to be talking about um, how to find your first deal. So a new beginning investor, kind of uh, some ideas and, and some strategies and tactics and actual like hands-on stuff to find your first deal and or your next deal. So Tyler, what is the best way to, I, I'm just going to skip over the introductions because everyone knows who we are. So let's yeah, get to right? the meat. What is the best way to find deals if you're just getting started or maybe you're struggling to find your next deal? Without yeah, spending totally. a ton of money. That's the key, I think. Right. So let's just go back to our first deal, right? Me and you. I think we both have the same story, the same experience that we both got our deals from a real estate agent. So is that the best way? I don't know, but that's how we started, right? That's how I got my very first deal was with a real estate agent. So we'll talk about a lot of different things, but the first thing I suggest is get involved in the community of real estate. So go out and network with people, go to these RIA groups, talk to agents, um, and just anyone who's willing to help you, that's who I would look for. Right. And well, hey, let's, go, let's go deeper real quick. Yeah. You got your first deal from an agent. I got my first deal from an agent, my first flip, right. You too. And so tell me, um, how did you meet that agent? This might be important. Like, how did you find him? Yeah. So it was just somebody that I knew it was actually, it was my best friend's mom was a real estate agent. And mm. I just went to her and I said, Hey, look, I'm young. I really want to understand how to flip houses. I know that there's potential to make good income there. So tell me what I need to know. And I knew nothing, right? I didn't know what an ARV was. I didn't know any of that stuff. And luckily she was willing to help me and, and pull comps for me and look at properties and kind of just help me get that basic knowledge of flipping a house. So everybody knows a realtor, I feel like, right? Like that's kind of the thing that there's so many realtors out there that you probably know a few of them. If not, you can find them pretty easily. Google it, like look at, there's just a ton of different ways to find good agents, but tell them what your vision is, what you're really trying to achieve and how can you work together? How can you help each other? Hey, I'll pay you the commission on it. I'm happy to list and sell with you. Um, you be my buyer's commission, right? My buyer's agent, all that stuff. And then if you in turn help me run some comps, look at some numbers, then I want to make this a win-win for both of us. Yeah. Michael and Chris uh, Arias were just on the last podcast with us. And we talked about 
they, they started as agents, saw, were helping investors, and then they turned around and uh, saw how much they were making and said, we want to be the investors. And so I asked them a couple of questions about how to really find agents, who to work with. So you can go back to the previous podcast and, and go into some more detail. Did, did that agent, uh, that uh, your friend's mom, did she know how to work with investors or did you have to tell her what you were looking for? Uh, kind of. She had done some deals with investors. It wasn't her specialty by any means, but I just said, hey, look, this is what I'm looking for, a house that's kind of discounted that I can fix up. And she's like, okay, well, let's look, run some numbers. And she understood the concept and the idea. And we kind of just worked together and went from there. And that's how I found my first house. Nice. Mine uh, was, I was, I was in California getting ready to move to, to Maryland. And I was looking for a rental house for myself and, and Lucy. And we had just, you know, got engaged and we were moving over from uh, San Diego. We were in San Diego for like four months and then moving to Lexington Park, Maryland. And uh, I found this agent. Online, and she was a, a rental agent, and just asked her to. She found me a rental house, and then we started living there. And then I uh, asked her if she could find me uh, a house to to renovate for a rental property, and she found me one of those and brought me all around, showed me properties, and then uh, so I renovated that house, rented it out, and then uh, I was looking for another one. And she just kept, you know, looking and helping me, and she would constantly send me stuff like, "Hey, are you ready to buy another one? Are you ready to buy another one?" And she was really hungry. And uh, I could tell that she probably didn't have a ton of business. She was, but she also wasn't brand new. Um, but she was, she was hungry for commission, and she was out looking for me. And so I had to educate her. She wasn't really an investor's agent. Um, she was more of a rental agent. And so um, I had to really kind of educate her as I was learning because I was brand new. I didn't really know what I was doing either. So right. uh, she found me and brought me a bunch of properties. We look at them, and she didn't get, um, she didn't get discouraged when I said no to other properties. She was hungry enough for that commission to keep, keep sending me stuff. And, uh, and then I bought another one. And, and as I was working on that one and bought that one, she was out looking for the next one. Um, but then I eventually moved from Maryland down to Florida and I was on my own again. So um, that's awesome. There's a couple, yeah, and, and, a couple of tips for you guys to kind of who to work with. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to emphasize that point that maybe someone who's doing a hundred deals probably isn't your agent, right? They want to deal with seasoned investors and people. And as you grow and and build that reputation that you're a good flipper. But people who are young and hungry and, and really want that commission, I think is huge, right? That they're maybe not doing, they understand real estate, they're not doing a ton of deals, but they're hungry for that commission because they're willing to help you because they're going to get paid for it. So that's what I've really found too, is those, those newer agents who are really hungry that want to get involved, that are learning just like you are, and that maybe have a little more experience. This In my case, they had more experience than me and same with you, but just someone who can really help you, who is hungry for that commission, who really wants to make stuff happen. Yep. So, so if it's not an agent and I, I love your tip, networking, go to RIA meetings, meet these agents. They, those are investor friendly agents that know that they're at uh, real estate investment clubs and things like that. Uh, you can find, look online in bigger pockets, look online on Facebook, uh, look on Facebook marketplace with the realtors that are posting the really crappy houses, uh, reach out to some of them. So um, then what else, like what else could we do for us to control it? That's kind of like, expecting someone else to bring us things, not the most fruitful way to do it and just have yeah. bird dogs out there. What can we do to control it? What are some ways that we can? Yeah, totally. So I, I agree. I think networking is probably your cheapest, easiest, fastest way to just start getting education, knowledge, meeting people, meeting wholesalers, meeting real estate agents, all of those people are part of your team. But if you're really serious about getting into real estate, this is kind of the learn as you go, if you will. The key of, of being successful and getting your first deal is you have to put in the work. I see, I coach a lot of students, a lot of people who come to me and say, hey, I want to flip houses. What do I do, right? 
and I'll tell them a, a, th a few things to do and they never do anything. So the biggest point, if you get nothing out of this podcast is that you have to go to work. You have to bust your butt in order to get these deals. It is not easy. It's definitely a challenge to find these deals in real estate, but you can do it. You've got to have grit. You've got to have persistence. But once you understand that, then you can get deals. And for me personally, the best way that I see someone coming in and I teach this all the way, we're going to give you all the information, exactly how to do it, what to do, how to do it. It's up to you to take that action and actually implement it because you'll still be there if you never take that action and you never decide that you're going to get on the phone and make that first phone call. You're never going to find a deal. And then you're going to come back to me and say, Tyler, I can't find a deal. Well, how many hours are you putting into it? Oh, none. How many phone calls have you made? None. Okay, well, that's why you're not finding a deal. So the best way for me, what I would encourage is driving for dollars. It takes time and you can do this anytime before work, on your lunch break, after work, anytime it's always open. And that's why I really like it. Driving for dollars is a send. And for us flippers, we're looking for distressed properties, properties that have 18 inches of grass or 37 newspapers on their front door or boarded up windows or anything. The roof is flying off. It's covered with a tarp, right? All of those things, you're going to just drive neighborhoods that are around you in the market that you want to invest in. And there's an app called Deal Machine. And Deal Machine is awesome. So it'll cost you 50 bucks a month. Um, and with that 50 bucks a month, you can go through and just ping all these properties. It will tell you who the homeowner is. It will give you the address and you can just pin all these different properties and then export it up into Excel. And then the process after that, and here's a little bonus tip for you. If you use the code PIN, P-I-N, as a discount code, you get 20 bucks off and it will do route tracking for you. So that just simply will help you so you don't do the same streets twice, which is pretty cool. So that's a little uh, tip for you. If you use PIN, that's from a good friend of mine. His name is Zach Booth. His business, they'll do 80 deals a year wholesaling and all they do is driving for dollars. So they're killing it just driving for dollars and that's strictly all they do. So deal machine, go and ping houses. I think you could get 50 to 100 houses in an hour. That's 100 different leads that you could get. If you're serious, you're focused, you put on some uh, good music and drive around a podcast, whatever it is, and drive for an hour, for two hours. Every single day, you could probably get 50 to 100 leads um, every, for an hour right, of driving. And then once you take that, then I would put them into batch skip tracing. So if you go to batchskiptracing.com, again, I'm going to give you another discount code. DFD is driving for dollars, and that will make it so it's like 15 cents a lead to skip trace these. So if you drive for an hour, you get 100 leads driving for dollars. You're going to skip trace them. It's going to cost you $15 to skip trace these leads. Now you have 100 different people that you could call and try and get a deal from. So once it's in, in that batch skip tracing, you've got all these phone numbers, I would go and get a dialer, uh, like Mojo Dialer is the one that we use in my company, and it calls three people at the same time. So it's called a triple dialer. You can do a single dialer and just call one person at a time, but I want to try and call all those people at the, the same time. And whoever answers that phone, uh, whoever answers the phone first, then that's who you get to talk to. And the, what's the worst phone call, Bill, do you think? The first one, right? Like once you made that first phone call is the hardest and the toughest. I, I can't stand talking on the phone. So uh, right? they're all they're all rough. For me. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, yeah, you're exactly right. Like getting past your fear, your anxiety, those kind of things. And honestly, once you have that first conversation, 
it's funny because I just got a text from Val yesterday. I was out, out on a date with Lucy. I got a text from Val and it said, someone just called us from three years ago that they sold a house to, and maybe it was four years ago, sold a house to us and they, they have another house to sell now. And they're calling us because they liked you. When you went out to meet with them, they felt special and they called us. They didn't call anybody else. Um, and they were asking for you and told the story about it. And so I asked who it was and all these things. And I remembered her. It was very, uh, I don't know, it was nostalgic for me because I haven't been in a house in a long time. But it was when I was going and showing up as on acquisitions appointments. And um, and once they once that person talks to you and you get confident and you just have a conversation, you realize it's just another person on the other end that you're trying to help, then it, it's easy after that. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. So the first phone call is the hardest. And then the second one is still hard and it's still painful, but it gets a little bit easier. And then by the time you've called all 100 of these people, they're like your best friends, right? You just get to be open and be you and have those cool conversations that you're really trying to help people. And once you have that mindset that, hey, I'm really trying to help this person, whoever I talk to today, I want to be able to help them out of a situation, right? Or I want to be able to buy their property and and make it a win for them. If you really, it's really about people. One of my really good friends, Chad Lindell, he's an amazing acquisition manager. And I just had him come and speak with my team. And he's like, you know what, throw all your sales experience out the window. He's like, it doesn't matter like the soft close and the, this kind of strategy and the mirroring and all that. He's like, none of that matters. He's like, how I get deals and how I get contracts is by really understanding people. And knowing that I am sincerely there to help them, I'm there to listen to them. And he's like, I've gotten more deals that way than I have ever using sales tactics. So if you understand that, that, hey, I'm just really here to help people. How can I help you out of your situation? Then that's people will connect with that. Just like what you're saying, Bill, is that they connected with you because you were sincere. You probably didn't know any sales tactics, right? You didn't know what a soft close was and all these different sales things. And neither did I when I started. I was just genuinely there to help people. And I promise you, you'll get more deals that way by building rapport and caring about people and, and listening, right? It's not always about you talking. It's about listening to people and what their really needs are and how can you solve their problem? Because people- yep, I sat in that woman's living room for three hours, I think. And yeah, awesome. I just listened and hung out and talked to her. So we got driving for dollars. So we've got yep. the deal machine app that you mentioned. There's also, if anybody's listening, it's like $50 a month. It's just, I don't have that. I get it. There's there's lots of free driving for dollars apps. Yeah, you totally. Can you can also just drive around and write down the address. Okay. Yep. So the whiz bang stuff is great, but if you're on a budget, like I used to, just drive around or walk around neighborhoods, talk to people in the neighborhood, write some stuff down. Here are some tips that I have for you. Do it on trash day. So I used to do it on trash day, and the trash cans that weren't out and the houses that were really run down and nasty were probably the vacant ones. So the vacant houses not have somebody to push the trash can out and they're also run down. So I, it just because the trash can's out doesn't mean that it's a vacant house, but it's it's something that is there, right? So that's one thing. I, I mean, I have so much trash with my kids that I'm, I, I, have, I can't wait for the trash day. It's always <laughs> out, right? So, um, so, and then the houses that are run down, they got uh, boarded up windows, uh, long grass uh, in, I don't know, in Tyler's case right now, probably snow all over the... Um, yeah. The driveway, the driveway and stuff like that, if you're driving around then. Um, and just kind of beat up properties. It's not always beat up properties. Sometimes it's beat up and distressed owners. But what you're looking for when you're driving around is those beat up properties, the things that stand out. You also have contractors that, or people that you know in the area. Maybe you know your postman. Maybe you know an Amazon driver. Maybe you know 
uh, an Uber driver. Maybe you know some of these people. Get them to start writing some stuff down and say, if I get a deal, I'll give you 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, stuff like that. So start getting creative about how you can manage this driving for dollars stuff. Um, and then you mentioned batch skip tracing. Any skip, uh, other skip tracing companies are out there. You can use whoever you want. That's an option. The biggest thing that I'll tell you is what Tyler is saying. And it's if you're new and this is your first house and you're just getting going, when you're thinking about skip tracing, it is like you might be discouraged and like understanding all these terms. It's very easy. Driving for dollars, just driving around looking for crappy houses, yeah, writing down point. the address, then sending it off and getting a phone number back and information about the potential owners, names, addresses, phone numbers, potentially email addresses. And you're probably going to get a lot of phone numbers back. So my recommendation, uh, like a pro tip is call the first three. If you only have a certain, like a, a couple names, call them all, call yeah, them all. Totally. But if you've got hundreds, thousands, things like that, you're loading them in a dialer. Like Tyler said, you're going to get a lot of junk numbers. I, what I find is usually when I skip trace. So I, I'm going to give you an example. I, I talked about it on a previous podcast, sent out an email about it. I just bought the farm behind my house, 13 acres behind my house. I went over there with a letter and I went to put it in the guy's mailbox, but he was outside working. So I talked to him. I gave him the letter, had my phone number, my email address, all my information on it. I waited three weeks and he still didn't contact me back. And so I skip traced him. I sent his, his name and his address to out and I got his phone number, a bunch of phone numbers back and information about him and email addresses and potential stuff. I texted the first phone number that was on there and he responded like an hour later. He's like, hey, I haven't forgot about you. Uh, Christmas is coming up and all this stuff. And so we started talking and he started throwing out some numbers, trying to soft close me and negotiate. So I did exactly what we're talking about here and used this strategy to buy. And I, I just bought the 13 acres behind my house. We came up with a number that worked, uh, creative strategy, stuff like that. So it, this is, it may sound scary at first, like all these different terms, you don't understand them, things yeah. like that is very simple and easy. Um, to use some of these softwares and programs and things like that. And then once you get that, you could, you could text, you could call, you could use the email addresses, you can use all three. You can do it from your Google Voice. I wouldn't do it from your personal cell phone, but I, I set up a Google Voice in the beginning and I didn't, I didn't have the money to pay for a dialer. So I just called people and text people from my Google Voice number. That was my business number. Yep, and that totally. was free. So yeah, and you, it, it's really you can spend the time. That. Yeah, totally. Spend the time and it doesn't have to be a dialer. It doesn't have to be an app. It can be, I was the same way, Bill. I would write down stuff on a notepad and I would write their addresses down and then I would figure out a way to contact them or I would handwrite a post-it note and I would go and stick it on their door. And I'd say, hey, my name's Tyler. I'd love to talk to you about selling your house if you're interested. Here's my phone number, right? And it, it didn't cost me. It cost me like $4 in post-it notes. So it, I, get, I totally agree with you. You don't have to do all these things, the dialer, the skip tracing, all of that. There's ways that, that are around it, but you just have to put in the time. I really think that's the key to this bill. So, yeah. I mean, I pulled into an estate sale, talked to the seller, bought it. That was my second house that I flipped. And we, I made $45,000 on there. There's huge opportunity here uh, on actually just putting in some work, driving around. And, and I didn't have a CRM. I didn't have a dialer. I didn't have, I didn't even know what skip tracing was. Right. I wasn't cool calling people. Like I just talked to people when I drive around or walk around the neighborhoods, I try to get out and talk to people that are outside. It's a, it's a little challenge now with COVID, right? They, they might not be as excited for you to roll up, but there's somebody in the neighborhood who knows everything about everything that's going on. You got that woman or that man in that neighborhood that knows, 
everybody that's going through foreclosure or going through a divorce or uh, just had the cops called on them or there's a drug house over there, all kinds of stuff like that. If you can get that kind of information from people, like that's a gold mine. That's you write down the address, the information. Do you know who owns the house? Oh, you think they'd be interested in selling? Oh, it's a, it's a landlord and the, the tenants are ticking you off because they're having late parties all the time and the cops are always called. Do you think that person wants to sell? Probably, you know? Right. So all of this stuff, start thinking like that. And um, if you're listening to this and you're just getting started, or maybe you might be in our runway program and you are like inundated with apps and programs and software and all this stuff, and you're building all these systems, but you're not actually making offers or going and doing anything. That's the key. Like Tyler said, make Absolutely. the phone calls, make the offers, do the actions. The other stuff is all procrastination. Like you yeah. don't need to spend $1,500 a month as you're getting started on systems, processes, software, CRMs, things like that. Like right. what you need to do is you need to make more offers. You need to go out and look for more opportunities. You need to go network more. I'd rather you spend an hour at a RIA meeting than you spend an hour researching the cost of three different softwares. So hopefully you guys are hearing this stuff. This is all <laughs> gold. I wish that I knew this when I got started. Like I got stuck in analysis paralysis. I got stuck in all, like action will trump procrastination every time. It was a stop that procrastination that you have. And uh, going out and do and just make offers. And even if you're, even if you don't know how, what you're doing, like I didn't know what I was doing when I got started. I'm going to encourage all of you to go out there and do that stuff. So, um, what should people watch out for? Like, what are some, what are some of the, like, as you're getting started, what are some things maybe not to do as you're getting started? Some, some things that we can help people avoid losing money a certain way when they're finding their first house to flip. Yeah, great question. So, there's a lot of things that. I've lost a lot of money in real estate, right? So you do have to be careful, but it is really first taking that step and then just getting a mentor, getting someone that can help you. Like for me, it was that real estate agent. She said, hey, look, Tyler, I'm gonna help you really understand these numbers. This is what I think you could sell the house for. Does this really make sense? Pencil it out. And so I was a smart enough guy, right? I could say, okay, well, I understand my purchase price. I understand that it's gonna cost me money to have that money. And then I got to rehab it. So how much is that really going to cost? And we'll talk about that on another episode as well, about estimating that, those rehab costs and how you really don't get burned by that. But my biggest thing is, is to not get burned is to really ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask people or to reach out to groups, to our group, to a bigger podcast, to whatever there is, right? There's a lot of these things that people have done it before that are willing to help you. And so don't be afraid to ask those hard questions. Hey, I really don't understand this process. Can you help me? I really want to make sure that I'm going to make money on this deal. Or is there an out on my due diligence period, right? Is there a way that I can get out of this contract if I learn something that, you know, that doesn't make sense or whatever, right? That I have a good exit strategy. So as long as you're doing that, I feel like you'll be successful. You have to keep taking those little baby steps, moving forward, asking dumb questions, right? We, we have this pride thing that oh, I don't, I don't want to sound stupid. I am not afraid to sound stupid at all, right? Like I like asking those hard and difficult questions and maybe some of the really stupid, easy questions. And if you do that, I feel like then that's a really good way, a, self, or a fail safe way to make sure that you don't get burned is you're using other people's experience while you're trying to grow your, your little business as well. Yeah. Anything I love else that. that Bill. Like, no, no, if you're not a member of our seven figure house living and wholesaling Facebook group, you need to go join right now. It's free. Totally. Join. You can ask those questions there. If you have uh, like, you don't understand something, you need some help, you need some support, those kind of things. That's what, that's what that group is there for. So uh, we'll put the link is always in our show notes and our YouTube channel, all that stuff. Go there join the group and, um, and we'll let you in. 
The, um, the other thing that I'll say is, uh, is Tyler and I are, are working on something. Uh, we've been working on something for the past few months and we're over the next few episodes, we'll kind of talk about it. I think that there's a lot of opportunity out there right now for big money to be made in real estate, finding your first deal or your next deal. And like how you do that, some are more tips, tricks, strategies, marketing techniques, things like that. And, um, and to be able to kind of hold your hand through that process. And over the next few uh, episodes, we'll be talking about that stuff. So um, hopefully this is helpful for you guys. Um, networking, huge, driving for dollars, skip tracing, texting, calling, those kind of things, putting in a little bit of, of labor instead of dumping a ton of money in it. And uh, just having a notepad and a piece of paper and a cell phone, um, you have all the tools right there in your pocket. Uh, I don't think anybody listening to this does not have a smartphone in their pocket right now. I yeah. mean, even the people that um, can't afford their rent and aren't paying me my rent, they got big screen TVs and beautiful iPhones in their pocket. So I'm sure you got them, right? So I'm excited about, about what we got put together and what we're going to announce in the next uh, couple of weeks. So stick with us. And uh, the next episode that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, accurately calculating your repair costs. So how do you accurately calculate your repair costs? Because when you're flipping, going over budget, going over timeline is a huge, it's going to eat into your profits big time. And um, I've been uh, guilty of that myself. So we're going to talk about some things to look for, um, some ways to make sure that you can accurately calculate your repair costs and what to watch out for to make sure that you don't miss it and, and save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long run if you listen to Tyler on that. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, guys. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.